Hi, welcome to my CBT podcast. This is Dr. Julie Osborne. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wanted to, like I've said each week, to read a review that someone sent in, which I really appreciate. You can go to Apple Podcasts and listen, rate, and review, and I'll be reading one each week. So this is from Will Glynn. And he said, fantastic, really fantastic advice and definitely enjoy listening to this. So thanks, Will. I hope you'll keep listening to more. And I hope everybody's still staying safe and being well with our uh, COVID-19 up and down. It's really hard to make decisions and what to do, but hopefully we're all going to stay well and bring those numbers down. So do what is best for you. Today, I wanted to talk about something that someone named Shelly wrote into me saying that she really has a hard time getting stuck in her thoughts and getting past them and just going over and over. So that's what we call rumination. And I thought that would be a great topic to talk about because a lot of people ruminate about past situations, how they could change things, what somebody said, you know, over and over and over again. And this is where the cognitive behavioral therapy can really come in handy to get you out of that ruminating and going forward. So let's, you know, just to review the CBT is, you know, your thoughts create your moods, which affects your behaviors and your physical reactions. And then the environment you're in is going to play a huge role regarding how you're feeling and what's going on. So thinking about our problems without doubt is part of an effective way of solving them. We need to understand what we're thinking that's causing our negative moods. So we can do some problem solving and problem solving is a big part of CBT as well. So if we need to deal with one of our life's issues, we need to think it through, review our options, and then choose a course of action to handle the problem. So that all makes sense, right? We can take action to resolve the issue. And this might include redefining it so that we don't experience it as a problem any longer. So we want to be able to move on. But sometimes we get stuck at the thinking stage of the problem solving and we go no further. So the success of thinking can lead us to engage in solely in just a thought, as if, if we do more and more of it, we can think our way through what seems to be an unsolvable problem. And we find comfort in thought itself and never move into the problem-solving strategy of taking action. So we think if, you know, I think enough through it, I'm going to come up with something else, but actually that's not what happens. And what we may not understand is that rumination or overthinking is actually driven by your anxiety. So letting thoughts swirl in your head over and over again is one way to soothe your anxiety, but it's a trap because we get stuck in our thoughts and never move on to take action to solve the problem. So although it might seem like it's a negative thing, it actually is soothing your anxiety because you feel like you're doing something about the problem. But again, you're not. You're just going back and, you know, over and over and over again. So rumination is more likely to occur when your thoughts are largely negative. And positive thinking encourages us to take action so we don't get into stuck in the rumination. And negative thoughts, on the other hand, because of social constraints and the negative impact they have on our own self-image, discourage us from taking action. So when we engage in negative thinking, most of the time, we feel overwhelmed by the world. We feel stuck. We can't see our way out of our problems. Negative thinking can even drive people away from us that we're unable to share our thoughts with others and benefit from their feedback that they might offer. So there we are. We're alone. We think and we think and we think and we ruminate and we don't get anywhere. 
Our moments of the moment as they ebb and flow throughout the day influence our thoughts, right? So if we feel sad based on what we're thinking, the brain has greater access to more sad thoughts and memories. So when things happen in our lives, we interpret these events in a sad way. And similarity, if we feel anxious, our brain responds to memories associated with anxiety, and then this can lead to our feeling of unsafe or even paranoid because we filter our interpretations of events in an anxious way. So the negative emotions are associated with negative thoughts, and this is where rumination takes hold. So negative moods lead to negative thinking, which start with negative thinking, right? Which then goes and drives our negative mood, and we get caught in the cycle of rumination. Interesting, though, if we can change our thinking in a positive way, and then positive moods will flow, right? Because when we're thinking positively or we're thinking better or more balanced, we're going to have better moods. And then we can interpret events in a more positive way and can take effective action to solve our problems. So, you know, if we're just thinking negatively, we just keep thinking negatively and we see our environment is negative and the situation is negative and we can't get out of that. So being able to change things in our thinking, right, which is what we're talking about here with CBT, can help you break through with the rumination. Just to share this, the researchers have found that women are more likely to ruminate than men. You know, this is because of the the two-to-one ratio of women who suffer from depression in comparison to men as well. And there's a number of possible reasons why women ruminate more often than men, including socializing in our society, how that is, also job discrimination, lower pay, greater incidence of abuse that a lot of women, um, in addition to depression, ruminate is associated with the anxiety, the anger, the substance abuse. So there's a lot of things that are going on. And also, I think women may ruminate more than men is because we tend to be more focused on our thoughts and our feelings. And, you know, although it's great to connect and have that support, because when women talk, we release that hormone oxytocin, right? And we feel more connected and we don't have to solve a problem. We just need to talk to each other versus men are more fixers and they have a problem. They want a solution. So. I think that's another reason why women might get more stuck in rumination as well, aside from, you know, what the research shows also. So there's like three broad, really broad categories of rumination I wanted to share with you. They're important to understand the difference and kind of see where you're at. So the first one is called victimization. So when we feel we've been treated badly by someone, we ruminate about the injustice we've experienced. And we review the situation again and again and think of ways we can find retribution. We don't look at the whole situation or try to understand our part in the interaction. Unfortunately, we may take action on our thoughts that may have negative consequences. So whenever we're feeling like we're victims, that means we don't have power, right? I'm a victim of someone else's actions, so I can't do anything about it because it's not my fault. And you don't get out of that ruminating and that feeling of being victimized and never get to that place of being able to problem solve. So that's one type of rumination. The other one is called magnifying. So when we feel upset, we start to think of reasons to explain our feelings, right? We may come up with a number of causes, all equally plausible, and some may be dramatic and not grounded in reality. When we take rash actions with negative consequences, such as quitting our job, ending a friendship, or acting on our bad mood. So we magnify the situation that it might be bigger than it really is, and then We make a decision, right? So remember, I always talk about, you know, you don't want to make decisions based on how you feel because you will not make a good decision. And most people live this way. They feel something and then they do it. So that's that mood to behavior, mood to behavior. And 
that's being reactive and we don't want to be reactive because we'll do the behavior and then we might be like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And it's going to be maybe hard to repair. You can't take it back. And so we want to be able to process, you know, what am I really thinking that's making me feel this way? And am I making it bigger than it is? And that maybe the action that I want to take is going to be too harsh. And the last one, the last type, I should say, sorry, of rumination is called chaos. So sometimes we feel overwhelmed with our thoughts and dart from one focus to another without any clear theme. We end up feeling disoriented. We may shut down or run away from our problems. So going back and forth and not being able to get a clear picture. And that's why, you know, using the Mind Over Mood workbook that I use with my clients and being able to write down by using thought records, you know, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And which ones are hot thoughts, right? Hot thoughts are the thoughts that aren't 100% true, that are really feeding our moods. And those are the ones that we need to identify and really challenge before we take any action at all. So that's always a great tool, but definitely in all of these three, victimization, magnifying, and chaos, writing down our thoughts and how we're feeling and looking at the situation can really help us get out of ruminating and look at things in a different perspective so we can make better decisions. I want to add too that rumination shouldn't be confused with other types of thinking. So rumination is not the same as worry. All the ruminators do worry. <laughs> worry involves, you know, what ifs, wondering about what might happen. What if I say the wrong thing at work? What if the date goes wrong? Ruminating, on the other hand, focuses more on things that have happened in the past, like things you said or things that went wrong. And also rumination is not the same as OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. That involves preoccupation with thoughts that are external, like germs, how they might intrude on us. Ruminators can turn these thoughts off pretty easily. And rumination is not like the thinking that goes on in therapy either. One thing that therapy might do is to focus on effective problem solving, right? Including looking at situations in different ways, finding ways to take action to solve problems. Ruminators focus on one way of looking at a problem and they seldom get to the point of solving the problem. And that's the frustration too. And that's what feeds in the depression and the anxiety because you don't feel like anything's changing and you're not getting anywhere. So how do we overcome it, right? That's what I'm here to teach you guys, some ways to overcome your rumination and to feel better. So because we get caught in the ruminative pattern without realizing it, and then assume that this is the way things are supposed to be, thinking and thinking endlessly, we slip into this pattern automatically and feel that we have no control over it, which is a horrible place to be, right? We all need to feel a sense of control in our lives. This experience can feel agonizing but may also seem familiar and comfortable if you do it all the time. So it doesn't solve the problems that we're anxious about. And in fact, it ultimately increases our anxiety and increases our depression as well. So one of the ways to overcome is to realize that rumination is not a healthy resolution to your problem in the first place. Like this is not what I want to be doing to find some resolution. So when we're having like a ruminative episode, I call it, we may feel that we have finally gained insight into what's bothering us. By saying, you know, I deserve to feel angry about what he did to me, or I have the right to feel depressed over the neglect I've suffered in my life. And we need to understand that these negative thoughts simply exacerbate the underlying negative mood. So when we ruminate, we get caught in tunnel vision, and we see the world in only one way. It's not a healthy route to solving our life problems, and simply sets us up for depression, more anxiety, and anger. It helps to understand and accept that there are better ways of dealing with the problems.
So another tool you can use is good old distraction. Research has found that engaging in pleasant distractions. So I'm not saying about cleaning the house or maybe doing the laundry unless that's pleasant for you, <laughs> which it might be, but finding something, you know, in a good way to be effective problem solving. So using distraction from rumination can improve your mood and lead to positive thinking, right? And more balanced thinking. Even a few minutes of distraction can have long-term effects. So some people use exercise as a distraction. You could take a walk around the block, maybe go swimming, do some gardening, working out at the gym, you know, all positive distractions instead of ruminating, as well as like if you have a hobby that requires you to pay attention to what's happening in the moment. So reading can also be a great distraction. The goal is to break the rumination and to focus on something else. So of course, we need to realize that a distraction is not the same as escaping from a problem, you know, using alcohol or drugs or losing oneself in maybe video games or binge eating aren't healthy distractions. So it's a healthy distraction that gets us off that ruminating track in our mind. And once we're done doing our hobby or our workout, then maybe we can step back into our issue and say, okay, let me think about this better. Let me do a thought record. Let me write down and figure out what am I thinking that's causing me to feel so bad. Another technique that this one I have found works for some, doesn't work for others, but I'm going to throw it out there. It's called the stop technique. So when you find yourself caught in the swirl of ruminating thoughts, a short-term technique that can help is to simply tell yourself to stop. You can just say it out loud, stop. And while this might not last long, it's certainly not a permanent way to curb rumination, but it'll give you a sense of some control and open the way to try out longer lasting methods. So some people put a rubber band around their wrist. You might've seen this before and snap it when they find themselves overthinking, or again, just saying the word stop. So that's something you could try and see if that works for you. Another tool is to observe yourself. So when rumination takes over and you cultivate the ability to observe yourself from a distance, you can ask yourself, you know, what am I doing? Isn't my thinking like this just a way of giving the power over to the other person? I'm letting another person control me because you're just thinking and thinking about that other person and what they maybe did to you or said to you. So redefining your overthinking in this way gives you a sense of power over it. You can take this method to the next step and come up with different ideas that truly allow you to solve the problem constructively. So try to see the issue from the other person's point of view, redefine the problem using more balanced thinking, which again, the CBT helps us get there. Another one I do like, and I find it helpful, is putting aside time to actually ruminate. So instead of saying, I'm never going to ruminate, I'm not going to ruminate, I'm not going to do that at all, it makes it even harder actually, <laughs> right? So if you allow yourself to ruminate, you know, normally it could take up your whole day if you let it. From morning to sleepless night, you ponder your situation endlessly. It takes over your life and maybe even other, your other responsibilities. So tell yourself that you allow yourself only an hour per day to ruminate and choose an hour when you normally feel good. So this should not be right before you go to bed. When the urge to ruminate appears, you can tell yourself that you'll put it aside and save it for your quote thinking hour. Many people find that because they are now spending most of their days free from ruminating, the problems see less overwhelming during the hour of thinking. So I've found with some clients that giving themselves, you know, this is, you know, an hour is a long time. You might just want to give yourself 15 minutes, or maybe you'll start with an hour and then you'll work down to 15 minutes. But this exercise tends to kind of almost burn you out when you're like, okay, for the next hour, I have to sit here and just ruminate and ruminate and ruminate about the problem. And sometimes that can really change your behavior from not even wanting to do it. 
but it also frees up the rest of your day, right? So if you say, you know, this is when I'm going to ruminate. This is, you know, at, I don't know, three in the afternoon or whatever time you choose. And then the rest of the time I can't ruminate. I'm not going to allow myself. And if I want to, I say, oh, I got to wait till three o'clock and then I can think about all these things. So that one works really good. A lot of people have found a lot of success with that. And one other technique that you can use is, you know, just sharing your thoughts. You know, ruminating is usually a really private experience and we seldom share the thoughts, you know, we harbor with other people. So we generate thoughts that have little bias in the real world. And you can break this pattern by sharing your thoughts with a trusted friend, a family member, or, you know, if you have a therapist or to find somebody, this can help the other person ask you some relevant questions, you know, and asking you, you know, what was your mood before you started thinking about this? What were you thinking about? You know, you can listen to their feedback. You can ask questions. And this will allow you to see your issues in a new light and gain some perspective. So make sure that the person you talk to is stable. <laughs> if you choose a person who simply fans the flames of your thoughts, you'll accomplish nothing and may drift further into your ruminative thoughts. So you want to find somebody you feel is, you know, stable mood, can be, you know, unbiased to the situation you're in, and really be willing to help you really look at things in a different way. So a couple other things I'm going to give you that you can use as well. Again, I always tell all my clients, you know, I have lots of tools, but not all of them are going to work for you. So you want to take the time to figure out what works best for you. And I also say progress, not perfection. So if you start using any of these tools and you slip up and start ruminating, you know, it's okay. If you can catch yourself, that's progress and say, oh yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do the stop technique, or I'm going to go talk to somebody, or I'm going to go do something that brings me some pleasure. So it's all progress, not perfection. It's not that we learn something and we just are able to turn it around and never do that again, but we just want to take some baby steps and get better and not allow the rumination to take over. So although the techniques that I've gone over, you know, work in the short run, you know, rumination, as I was just saying, may return during times when you're really stressed or when there's a crisis in your life. So looking at some ways to replace old ruminative patterns with more positive approaches and adopting these strategies over time can help you learn. And even with maybe needing a professional therapist can free you from the rumination and help you move to a higher ground over time. So one thing you also want to do is learn to avoid the triggers. You can learn to identify the situations that lead to rumination and to avoid them. So for example, if spending time with a friend leads to overthinking, you might want to limit your time with that particular friend. You don't have to end the relationship, but you need to just be careful how much time you spend together. You also want to let go of unrealistic goals. So learning to assess whether your life goals are realistic or not and holding on to unrealistic goals drives rumination. But redefining them into goals that can be accomplished realistically can free you from overthinking. And indulge yourself in different ways. Instead of going into ruminative thought when you feel stressed, learn alternative methods. You know, like I was saying earlier, you know, physical exercise or take a bubble bath. Talk with the trusted friend, you know, nature walks, prayer, meditation can all be used instead. There's so many options other than ruminating about what you're going through. And develop your narrative. So reviewing your life and seeing it a whole new and meaningful way can provide insights and different perspectives during times of stress. You know, working on your narrative with a therapist can lead to permanent change in how you handle life stressors and, you know, finding the silver lining in things, you know, with what we're going through now with the pandemic with the protests and all the issues that we're all addressing in this country that we can maybe find the silver lining of what's good that can come out of this instead of just being 
sad and depressed about it and ruminating about how things aren't changing. You want to also expand your range of activities. So ruminating is more probable when our lives are limited. So if your work's taken over your life, you know, try doing some volunteer work or getting into a hobby that's a completely different setting. Or you might consider making some new friends. That's always a great alternative to increase your support circle and find people that are doing different things. That can be a good distraction from you. And, you know, volunteering again with something that has nothing to do with maybe your work or other things in your life, something really different can be really fun. And then again, I want, you know, more balanced thinking. I know I try to, you know, stay away from saying, you know, think positively because that's not going to change things. But you do want to define your life in positives and not negatives. So rumination thrives when we see ourselves in negative terms. So you want to learn to change the negative interpretations of your life into positive ones. Instead of focusing on failures in your life, highlight the successes. You know, most of us, I believe, are going to have way more success than failure. And this method in itself can lead you to joy and happiness in life that you deserve. So an example of, you know, even focusing on more positives than negatives, if you're ruminating about things you need to get done or that you never finish everything you need to do, then one exercise I've shared with my clients has seemed really helpful is if you think about everything you got done today compared to what you didn't get done, and you could break it up. It could be waking up on time you got done, right? Exercising in the morning or making your bed or taking your shower. Maybe that's been difficult, you know, getting dressed, getting ready for the day, making your breakfast, cleaning the dishes. Like there's so much you accomplished during the day that you may not give yourself credit for because it's just kind of like expected. Of course, I'm going to get up, make my bed, have some breakfast, clean my dishes but it's doing something. And sometimes it's hard to do anything, right? And then we can ruminate about what we're not doing or get caught up in how our life is unfair. And to remember that, you know what, life is not fair. And whoever came up with the belief that it is, I'm not too crazy about that person. (laughs) Because we all get really stuck on what's supposed to be fair. And, you know, we want to work towards fairness, but we can really ruminate about what isn't fair in the world because there's a lot of stuff out there. But what can we do? Again, that's the problem solving. I know I've mentioned that word a lot today, but you know, problem solving is what helps us get out of the rumination as well. And then that can help us with our depression and anxiety, which is our goal, right? To feel happier and to feel better in our world and to find more joy. So remember, make decisions based on what's best for you, not how you feel. And I appreciate you listening today. I hope this was helpful. You know, as always, please send me your questions. I love getting them. And if you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review, that would be great. I'll be reading those every week. I'm also on Instagram. You can find me at my CBT podcast where I'm just sharing different quotes. And uh, when my new podcast come out, you can find that there. You can find me on Facebook. My email is mycbtpodcast at gmail.com. My website is mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Julie Osborne. So I'm all over the place and you can find me. So no reason not to be able to send a message or a note or, you know, some suggestions on something you'd like me to talk about on the show. So again, stay safe and be well. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of my CBT podcast. I hope you'll join me next week for another episode. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcast, rate, review, and subscribe.
Pole Productions.